When you think you've reached the end, God has a new beginning for you. Even when it seems the world is against you, or friends have betrayed you, it's not the end. We must die to ourselves and pick up our cross. No matter how bleak the future may look, there is hope. Look up and experience all that God has for you. This is not the end. It's only the beginning. Check, check. There we go. We did my facts on accident. So we are in the last week of our series, The End of the Beginning. And this is actually, I think, one of my favorite weeks. It's something we don't talk about as much in the church. We talk a lot about Jesus' betrayal at certain times of the year. We definitely talk about the cross a lot. And the resurrection, that gets, that gets noticed about once a year. You know, that Easter day, you guys made it to last week. Sometimes the ascension of Jesus gets a little overlooked. But Jesus was betrayed. He was killed. He died. And he rose again. But it's also really important that it didn't end there. And Jesus later ascends into heaven. And so that's what we're going to be taking a look at today. If it's your first time here, maybe your first time you've made it since we've started this series, we've been looking at these different milestones in the last little bit of Jesus' life. And we've been looking at the idea that when we think it's the end, God has a new beginning for us. And in the first week of this series, we looked at the betrayal of Jesus by Judas, and how God has a purpose and a new beginning for us, even in the middle of some of our broken relationships. We looked at the crucifixion of Jesus, and we looked at how we're called to pick up our own crosses and die to ourselves and follow Him. And last week, of course, Easter Sunday, we looked at the resurrection and how God has things for us that are bigger and better than we could possibly imagine. Today we're going to be in the book of Acts. And the book of Acts is actually a part two. Luke wrote two big letters to a guy named Theophilus, which is fun to say. I love some of the New Testament names. And he wrote the first one, which was the Gospel of Luke. And then he actually writes a second part to that, which is the book of Acts. Acts is really Luke 2. And it begins with Jesus still on earth, but Jesus doesn't stick around for long. And so we're going we're to read this part. We're starting verse 6 in the first chapter. And so it's talking about the apostles and Jesus meeting together. And it says, so when they met together, they asked him, him being Jesus, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the dates the Father is set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid them from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. 
Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come back in the very same way you have seen him go into heaven. This is a pretty crazy passage of Scripture. It's one that that I think I personally can read and sometimes overlook some of the like, wait, did that just happen kind of moments. Where Jesus is talking to them and he gives them kind of a mission and then he just floats away. If you were there, you'd be like, well, that was something different. People don't usually do that. And so then suddenly, in the middle of that, two angels appear and start giving them some new instructions and telling them that, hey, this same Jesus who's been, who just went up there, he's coming back someday. I think it's also important for us to realize in the context of some of the stuff we talked about last week on Easter to remember, Jesus was bodily resurrected. So the resurrected Jesus, just as Jesus when he, when he came to earth was a completely God and completely man, the resurrected Jesus was still completely God and completely man. And so Jesus ascends to heaven Jesus never dies again. Jesus is still in heaven, completely God and completely man. And someday, as he says, he's going to come back that very same way. And so, we hit this point in Scripture, finally, it's the end of the beginning. Jesus has came and done everything that he came on on earth to do. And so he leaves. And he tells them that, hey, by the way, I'm leaving for a reason. Because if when I go, God's Spirit can come. And so he tells the disciples to wait because God's going to do something that's much more than what they can imagine by sending his Spirit to them to empower them for his mission. And it's funny because the disciples kind of don't get it, right? And honestly, us in that same situation, we'd probably be like, what? What are you talking about? And so Jesus is talking to them. He's been interacting with them for a while since his resurrection. And in Acts 1.6, they ask him kind of this interesting question. It says, when they met together, they asked him, Lord... Are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? So you have these Jewish apostles who know Jesus is the Jewish Messiah. And what they're kind of still expecting, even though Jesus has really been trying to kind of reshift their expectations, is that Jesus is going to stay and be king over Israel and kick out Rome. Because that's the big messianic expectation of Israel 2,000 years ago, was that the Messiah was going to get rid of the freaking Romans. And so Jesus redirects them. 
He says, you know what? I'm doing something different than what you think I'm doing. And what I'm really doing here is I'm setting you up so that you can be empowered by my Spirit so you can accomplish the actual mission of God on earth, which is much bigger than Israel. And it points back to what God intends from a long time ago. I want to read Isaiah 49.6. And he says, It is too small a thing for you to be my servant, to restore the tribes of Jacob, and bring back those of Israel I have kept. I will also make you a light for the Gentiles, that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. And so God's plan is bigger. It's not Jesus staying to be king over one small nation. It's not His Spirit being limited to just one person or just selected prophets. See, in the Old Testament, when God's Spirit came, God's Spirit only came to particular people. And so Jesus leaves, He ascends, because God's plan is bigger and He wants His Spirit to empower everyone. And in fact, He says, I, I want Israel, I want this whole movement of God to be, reach the ends of the earth to the Gentiles. Which is good news for I think most of us. I don't think many of us in here are Jewish. God wanted His salvation to go outside of a single kingdom and to be available for everyone. And so then the ascension happens, and it says after he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid them from their sight. And so the ascension kind of has three purposes. Here at the end of the beginning, the ascension, first of all, completes God's original purpose for Israel. You see, Israel wasn't supposed to be an isolated nation-state. It wasn't supposed to keep God's goodness to themselves. And so as Jesus is telling them, hey, as far as restoring the kingdom to Israel, He says to them, it's not for you to know the times the dates the Father is set by His own authority. He's basically telling them, you know what? What God is doing with Israel, exactly you guys don't need to, to worry about that. Because what Jesus is doing is He's trying to reframe them because the purpose of Israel wasn't just Israel. I love going back to the book of Genesis. The very beginning of the nation of Israel was this dude named Abram. And many of you have probably heard those Old Testament stories about Abram and, and his wife and how she gave birth at a very old age and kind of the classic Bible story of Abraham and Isaac where he has to God tells him to sacrifice his own son, but then substitutes a lamb at the very last minute. Well, so God is talking to Abram in Genesis 12, and it says, The Lord has said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household into the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. He's talking about Israel there. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse. And then he says this, And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. And that's actually 
talking about Israel, and then it's, and then it's kind of prophetically speaking of Jesus. And the original intention for Israel, the original intention of God's plan for them, was for them to be a blessing to the nations of the world. Well, 2,000 years ago in Israel, that plan had become a little blurry. Israel had become selfish, self-absorbed, concerned only about what God was doing for them and how God was going to save them from Rome. We do that, right? Easy to do? It's easy to do. It's easy to become self-absorbed and to be thinking about, Jesus, what are you doing for me right now about my situation? God's looking at you and saying, what are you doing about their situation? What are you doing about your neighbor? What are you doing? And just as Israel didn't exist for themselves, this serves as a gentle reminder to us that the church, our church community, that the church community worldwide doesn't exist just for us, but it exists for those who are outside who we need to love and to show Jesus to. And so when we look at the ascension of Jesus, the ascension of Jesus is all about Jesus restoring the original intent, the original mission of God for earth, who wants to bless all people with His presence and empower them with His Spirit. And with that, the ascension makes way for the Holy Spirit. So Jesus says it this way, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And so Jesus is saying, hey, you know what? I've got to go because we want the Holy Spirit to come and to empower everyone. And if you read Luke and Acts, Luke and Acts are all about the Holy Spirit. In Luke, you see Jesus by the Spirit doing His miracles. And, and the Spirit's mentioned over and over again in the Gospel of Luke. And then you see this transition into the book of Acts where the very same thing, that, the same miracles that Jesus does are done by God's people, the church, by the same Spirit. It shows a transition from Jesus doing to, hey, I'm going to go because I want to empower you to do the same things that I did. And of course, I wouldn't be a pastor if I didn't mention that the word power there in Greek is the word dunamis. We get another fun word from that, dynamite. And so, this word for power is an explosive power. I think sometimes we sell ourselves short and we, we forget that we've been empowered by the Spirit of God for His mission. And sometimes God will tell us to do stuff. And we'll be like, no, I can't. Uh-uh. That's scary. And there's no way I could do that. And that is impossible. And we forget that the same Spirit of God that was in Jesus, that Jesus did by all those miracles, is inside of us. 
that same power, that dunamis, that explosive power of God's Spirit lives inside of us, not for ourselves, but for others. Ascension, the ascension of Jesus, opened the door for us to have the Holy Spirit so that we could each do our part in accomplishing the mission of Jesus on earth. To accomplish God's original intent of blessing all people. Lastly, I really feel like the ascension gives us hope of Jesus' return. This part toward the end where it says the same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Ever heard it said, it's not over till it's over. Someday it will be over. What are you doing? Jesus is coming back. Or, the pleasant alternative is, someday you will die. Death rate is still one per person. We really haven't cracked that yet. I love what the angels say to the apostles. Where they say, why do you stand there staring into the sky? Jesus, like a hot air balloon, they're like... And the angel, I don't know how long they stood there, but the angels are like, guys, stop it. You got Jesus gave you a mission. He gave you work to do. You have orders. Stop staring at the sky and get to work. Well, the angels are harsh, right? <laughs> I think I think you deserve a minute of it. what what? <laughs> but I think the lesson for us is the same sort of lessons the angels were trying to give to the apostles. To stop staring at the sky because Jesus is coming back. The time that we have to do what Jesus put us on earth to do, whether it's because Jesus returns or whether it's because we die, the time we have to do Jesus' mission with our life is finite. And tomorrow is not promised to any of us. The ascension means that Jesus is still alive in heaven and He's coming back just like He said He was. So we need to be about His work because someday it is going to end. This was the end of the beginning, but someday this beginning will have an end. When Jesus ascended, it wasn't the end. It was the beginning. His, his church and His people empowered for His purposes and His mission. And maybe today you're here and you're like, okay, well, this, this all makes sense, but I feel like I've wasted a lot of time. When you think it's the end, God has a new beginning 
for you. But what he would tell you today is it's time to stop staring at the sky and to get to work empowered by His Spirit, because you can't do it on your own, but empowered by His Spirit for His mission. Will you pray with me?